Almost 10 years ago, I left a corporate career that just wasn't giving me the professional or personal life that I wanted. I was burnt out, disengaged, and feeling sick and tired of having no control over my schedule and feeling like there were always limits on what I could accomplish. So I started a consulting business. I had no idea what was in store for me, but by taking that leap, I created a new path to professional success significantly more income, and a personal life with so much flexibility, family time, and lots of travel. And I don't think I'll ever look back. So many of you have heard my story and asked me if you should jump into consulting. It's not a simple yes or no, so I've created a short quiz to help you figure out if consulting is right for you. If you're wondering if consulting might be the next right step for you, go ahead and take two minutes to take the quiz at theclaritywizard.com forward slash quiz and discover if now is the right time to move from employee to entrepreneur. Hello, and welcome to the Fork in the Road podcast. I am your host, Kathy Guzman-Galloway. And on this season two, we're talking to experts who help us move past this fork in the road and into the next phase of our journey. On this episode, Laura Eagle helps us think about our values and how they play a big role in our work satisfaction. She offers some thoughts on what values are, how to articulate them, and how to create boundaries that ensure we're living to our values. She gives us a clear action plan for starting right now to live into our values, whether you stay where you are or you venture into something new. I can't wait to hear what values are important to you after you get a chance to listen. I hope you enjoy it. Hi. Hi, Laura. I'm so excited for us to talk today. I think you're talking about a subject that's just so important. It's near and dear to my heart, and I can't wait for the audience to hear all the valuable things that you have to say. Let's start maybe with a little introduction. Tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe how you got into this work. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Kathy. I'm really excited to have this conversation with you today. Introduction, I am the founder of The Catch Group, which is a leadership coaching firm, and we accelerate women into the C-suite in executive roles. I also host a podcast called Do You Belong in the C-suite? And as a coach, I'm really known for giving really direct feedback with compassion. And really where this started is that I've had a career in HR. I used to be an HR executive in a Fortune 50 company. And then I joined the C-suite as a chief learning officer. And now I coach high-achieving women to build fulfilling lives inside and outside of work. Also, I am a mom of two boys. I live in Dallas, Texas with my husband. And I'm also a true crime podcast fan. (laughs) And I love to exercise, walk outside with a new puppy, and also like to indoor row. So that's a little bit about me. Wow. You have a very um, full life between the puppy and the kids and indoor roaming, which sounds really interesting. Yeah, it is fun. It's how I find some alone time. I'm also an introvert. So (laughs) yes, you need that alone time. I love that. And so today we're going to be talking about values and how values fit into the way that I think about my career. How did you get into the work of values? And you've written a book. Tell us about the book. And then how did you get into thinking about values? 
Yeah, absolutely. So the book is called Values First, How Knowing Your Core Beliefs Can Get You the Life and Career You Want. It was just released in April. And I got into thinking about values through coaching, really, and also through my career journey. So I've been in HR for many, many years. I have my PhD in industrial organizational psychology. And, you know, growing up in corporate, I got to do a lot of really cool roles in really big companies. And some of those were training leaders, how to be better managers, um, doing executive coaching. That's where I got my start in executive coaching. And I just fell in love with it. I got into doing assessments in terms of, you know, different things about people's personalities and how that can, you know, lead into your strengths and grow yourself and your career and as a leader. Mm. You know, as I started growing my career there, I got a lot more into coaching and leadership development and Really, I started using lots of different tools. There's so many assessments out there. You know, you've probably taken them, StrengthsFinder or Enneagram or DISC. I use another one called Hogan Assessments. And one that I really liked started, one of the components had values in it. And so I just started thinking about that more and more. And I started using it in my career. And as I started coaching individuals, I started using that framework and I also built my own framework around my coaching method, which is called values first and really just dug into it. And I realized that through my own leadership, I had been kind of living a life of my values this whole time, but didn't realize it was kind of this framework that I had, I had dug into along the way. And so that's what I use right now in terms of building my own successful career as an HR executive and now entrepreneur. And what I use to guide the career development of those that I coach. Mm, I love that. What a journey to get to where you are. And I love that you didn't realize that you were living in your values, that it took you a second to just articulate what your values are, recognize them, bring them to light and say, oh, actually, I'm doing exactly what I meant to do, what I intended to do, what I want to do. And that's great. So I want to just like peel back and get super basic. What is a value? How do I wrap my head around what values are and how they might be different than other things? I think people call them different things. Sometimes it's purpose. Sometimes it's your principles. To me, values are very simply stated. It's what matters most to you. So my values are family, growth, achievement, advocacy, balance, And I live those in different ways and I define those in different ways. And so the big piece of all of this is how do you get clarity on those? I said that in like a very quick, easy sentence, Mm -hmm. right? But I will tell you, I did not come to those so easily. I came to those through kind of trial and error. But what I love about gaining clarity is it gives you this language to use. I think the first step, and it's the first step the values first framework is just gaining clarity and what matters most to you. And there's several ways that you can do it. You can use an assessment. I love just an analog method that I discuss in the book. And it's really easy. You ask yourself a couple of questions. Uh, The first is, you know, think about a time where you're at your best, where you felt fulfilled and you might journal on that for a couple of minutes. When I did that, I was thinking through you know, what gives me most fulfillment at work in that work context. And it doesn't have to, it can be work personal, can be kind of all together. And 
I wrote about coaching. Like I love being, you know, and I told you before, I'm an introvert. So I like kind of that one-on-one deep relationship, right? I love learning from other people. I love asking the right questions to kind of get to self-discovery. And when I thought about like, when am I at my best? And throughout my career, it's been in this one-on-one coaching as a formal executive coach, as a manager, those kinds of moments, right? And then I also ask myself and my clients a second question to kind of identify those values. Think about a time where, you know, something was not right or something kind of didn't sit right in your gut. You know, it doesn't have to be those trauma events or things like that, but it can be something that it just feels like a misalignment, a tension, right? Mm. When I was writing about my prompt for myself, I thought about a time where I was at a really great company had a really great job, a really great team, but I was miserable. And I was trying to figure out why, like, what is this? As I was writing it down, I was thinking about all of the things that I do. And a lot of them were familiar. I had been in my role for four years, right? I had the same clients for a long time. We were doing the same kinds of things. Task variety was low. I wasn't really being challenged, right? That to me kind of led me to describe my value of growth. I was not being challenged. I need to grow. I need to learn. The previous question led me to my value of development, developing others. So after you answer those two questions, you're going to look for themes. And within the book, I give some worksheets, free download worksheets that you can use to identify values. You go through those prompts and then you can look at, you know, a list of words, what words resonate with you from the ones that you wrote about. And then what you're trying to do is get to like five to seven words or phrases that really encapsulate what matters most to you now at this moment to be able to, you know, get clarity and define And what I would say is sometimes this feels like a daunting task, right? Like how do I gain clarity and what matters most to me? It feels like this big thing, right? But I would say just start and this exercise can take 10 to 15 minutes and you'll be surprised what comes up for you Mm -hmm. when you set some intentional time out. And I would say that it's an iterative process. So sometimes it's just easy just to start which words come up, which themes come up, Look at words you resonate with, you know, start to talk to somebody about them and ask them, where do you see this in my life? Does that show up? And once you start, you know, sitting with those words, I like to process things, right? And so I come back when I was starting my list, I was coming back to this, is it this word? Is it that word? What really is it? And I find that over time, you'll get to, you know, five to seven words that really encapsulate what matters most to you at this stage in your life. Right. Yeah. That's so interesting that it's a lot about self-reflection and really taking the time to think about, as you said, in these two questions, things that are working, things that you love and things that isn't working and things that don't feel right to try to peel back and discover what's at the core of that. It's one thing to say this role isn't working for me, but why? Like, let's really understand what's underlying in this role or in this situation that pinpoints back to a value that you have that you're going to carry forward, whether you're going to stay in the job or you're going to leave the job or you're going to become a consultant or whatever you're going to do, really understanding that. So in that vein, if I'm thinking about the work that I'm doing now and where I am, 
how do I know that my values are being challenged? Like, how do I start to compare my values to where I am? Like, what are those signals? What are the whispers that are telling me something isn't quite right? Yeah. Sometimes it's a whisper. Sometimes, you know, somebody's screaming in your ear, right? You know, those days, right? And I would say it starts with that discomfort, right? You know, something isn't right. I had a moment, I had this really great job. I was in the C-suite. You know, I love the company I worked for. I loved my team. I loved being in a leadership role. And one day I was, you know, I was working my home. It was like mid pandemic. And I said to my husband, Hey, you know, when you can do a job, but you kind of don't want to do the job. (laughs) And he was like, wait, what? (laughs) So he's like, well, tell me more. What does that mean? And, you know, that was my first time really saying it out loud. I liked this job, but I didn't love, love this job. I felt being pulled. And at first it felt like a nudge. It was like, Hey, you know, I started listening more to different types of podcasts, maybe entrepreneurial ones, right? I started reaching out to different people in my network, just checking in. And I think that's what it is. I think you have to start to pay attention to where is your attention taking you? And sometimes it's very concrete. At that point, I did more self-reflection. I love Mm self-reflection. And I really found that it was my values of growth, development, and achievement that were kind of not being met. The job that I had was really great, but it was very downstream. So I worked with leaders and presidents and CEOs. And I helped them build their capability. And in turn, they would use that with their teams and at their companies. But I didn't see that big impact right in front of me. And you remember, I loved that idea of, you know, one-on-one. And, you know, during the pandemic, like many people, right, you feel like you are, do you do have, you know, this, whether it's great resignation or point of reflection, like I want to make as much impact as I can. And where is that? And so I was in a job that was really great. I was making really great money, working with amazing people, got to travel pre-pandemic, all the, all the good stuff, but it still didn't fulfill all of the things. And so I think you have to pay attention and sometimes listen to those whispers or, you know, have some hard conversations or just hard, you know, things that you might have to go through and meet those conflicts with the things that aren't whispers. And sometimes that's conflict with the manager or sometimes with the clients that I coach, I have seen, you know, some people, they are misaligned with their values with the company. They didn't like the way company reacted in pandemic, right? Um, it's a big one. Yeah. A big one. It's a huge one. And so they wanted to see, they wanted to wait it out. Like, what was this like? And, you know, time has passed. And now it's being okay with a different kind of discomfort, kind of the discomfort of the unknown, as opposed to the discomfort of my values not being met. Yeah, I can remember that at the time I wasn't able to articulate it as a value or how to really talk about it when I decided to leave corporate and start my own journey as a solopreneur in consulting. And that was that now I know I talk about it as the value of abundance, where I I try to talk about abundance a lot and that there's nothing more rewarding to me than to giving to others and giving to someone else, which I hear in what you're saying. But even as a consultant, 
I'm not really in competition with anyone. I'm happy to bring people onto projects with me. And my job is to make my clients successful. Ready to ditch corporate and find fulfillment as your own boss? You may be considering or even dreaming of ditching that life-sucking job and doing your own thing as a consultant. But right now, it still feels like a huge leap and you aren't sure where to begin. You can keep considering and dreaming, but if you're not professionally or personally fulfilled, then what are you waiting for? It's time to tap into the expertise and experience you already have with confidence and create your own consulting business where you can control your career, your income, and your time. Introducing From Corporate to Consultant, the Consultant Launch Course. Go from your corporate job to establishing a company, getting clients, and planning for growth in just six weeks. If you want to start consulting, you need to know how to start a business. This course gives you the exact roadmap you need to build your consulting business. Yes, you can spend hours and hours searching and finding answers in the black hole of the internet, trying to make sense of it all, or just figuring it out as you go but I have been there and I know it's a waste of time and money. So I've taken my almost 10 years of experience in building a consultancy of over 500,000 in revenue and put it into this course. With an easy to follow approach, this course will give you a strong foundation for your business and set you up with a clear plan for how to move forward. So you can focus on doing your best consulting work and getting results like the expert that you are. It's time to stop feeling stuck and start feeling in charge of your path. The sooner you get started, the sooner you can leave your nine to five behind and start taking control of your schedule, your finances, your legacy, and your life. Visit theclaritywizard.com forward slash course to get started today. What wasn't working for me in the corporate world is that it's not really set up for all of us to win. It's set up for some people to win and some people maybe not to lose, but to at least stay at minimum, right? And it just didn't sit right. It didn't feel right. I didn't know how to play that game. I wasn't able to articulate it at the time. What I know now is this idea that I kind of have a value of abundance. And there were whispers. There was a lot that was kind of pointing me into that, right? Every time somebody was like, oh, I'm setting up a one-on-one just to network with a VP or they're going through reviews and they're calibrating people. I'm like, oh God, we got to go through this again. And all of that was certainly pointing me to the same place. So I can see how there are these whispers and these experiences we have that would take us down that path and challenge us to start really thinking about what comes next. But I don't know that many of us stop and spend the time to dissect that and say, this is actually a value. And I'm going to guess that doing that work is part of what makes sure that the next role or the next opportunity is right, which I knew that early in my career, but I kept going in the corporate world for a solid 10 years before finally I found something else. And Maybe it was because I didn't articulate that as a value and say, okay, I got to find something that doesn't fit that way. I mean, is that fair? Is that part of the trick here is to name it so that you don't repeat it? Yeah, I think that's absolutely part of it. And I think you have to name it and you have to define kind of criteria, right? So what does success look like for you in that space? 
I think sometimes we say, oh, well, maybe it's just not the right company or the manager's bad. That was a bad fit. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I'm going to try this new industry. But to your point, like you bring the old stuff to the new place, right? And a lot of companies aren't that different, actually. So if you're not able to articulate what you need and where you thrive, like I'm not here for just an okay job. I want you to love it. I want you to be fulfilled. I want you to have joy in your work, right? And so being able to do that, you have to have a list. Like you need to define what that is for you, not only personal needs, but in terms of what the company has too. And I think sometimes when we think about like corporate jobs, we think, you know, the company has all the power in the interview process. And that's just not the case anymore. The social contract has shifted with the pandemic, of course. Lots of different things are now offered. And you need to know what kind of culture and what kind of company aligns with the things that are most important to you. And very easily, you can define that criteria. You know, as I was, you know, when I was still in corporate, I decided, hey, here are my values. And what does that look like? So for instance, balance for me, I used to have a really long commute. I was, and I didn't get to see my kids at night. And so to me, that was okay. I need to be able to at least, if it's a long commute, I have to at least be able to work from home two or three days a week. This was before so much of the remote working, right? Or it's, you know, not having a very high travel calendar mm-hmm. all the time, right? To be able to put some of those boundaries in. What else might it look like? You know, is it a company that's known for building really great leaders? Is it a company that has lots of flexibility? Like, what are those things that align with your values? Is it a a company that, you know, promotes from within for career advancement that, you know, they love to learn? They all, lots of different things. Like, how do your values then translate into kind of like a criteria to then understand what you're getting yourself into? So you don't bring your old stuff to this new environment. The other thing is just talk to people. Like you probably have a really great network. You might have people in your network that work at different places that you want or have experiences that you want, whether that's working in corporate or going out on your own. So I want you to spend time with those people, right? What do they love about it? What were their criteria? And then also, you know, I haven't done the online dating thing in a very long time. I will tell you, I've been married for 13 years now, but (laughs) there is a match just like in relationships. There is for values. Companies, if they do not have a presence on LinkedIn, if people are not talking about it, there's so many different websites that you can look on Glassdoor, lots of different things. Understand really what is it like to work there and understand what they're doing. Are they actually living out their values? Or are their values just, you know, their corporate poster on the wall, right? And make sure that, you know, jumping from this place to that place really makes sense and fits that criteria because you do have more of that power than you think in some of these things. Mm. I would guess that this applies to if I decide to, like I did, become a consultant or start any kind of business on my own, that now I have an opportunity to, to make my company reflect my values from A to Z, right? In every possible way. Imagine it's the same process, right? First got to articulate what it is I want and then to be really intentional to build a company or a business and a life that matches that, right? It is. And it's so interesting. Like work you decide to take, who do you decide to work with? 
the kinds of things that you put on your plate make room for. And I think it's even sometimes more exciting as you're building your own. That's kind of what I'm doing now. So it's a little bit more fulfilling because you have a bit more control over that, right? And you can absolutely build something aligned to your values and that lifestyle that you do want. Right, exactly. So let's say I've done this work, figured out what my real core values are, and I've done the best to find an organization that I think fits as many of my values as possible. It feels like a really good fit. I get in there and I want to make sure that I protect the boundaries of my values. So how do I do that? And, or I decide that I can't leave this job. It's just not an option for me right now for any number of reasons. And I need to create boundaries for these values that I've now articulated. I didn't realize that I had. How do I have conversations with people I've been working with or with people I've just started working with? Or maybe it's not conversations. What do I do? What do I do to make those boundaries known and manage to them? I love this. And I think this is probably the place that we're at. If you are unfulfilled, I will tell you, you have more room to build a boundary to get more fulfilled in your current role than going to a new one right off the bat. Mm. Like you can have both. You might decide, Hey, at some point I'm going to leave this company, but right now, you know, I need more fulfillment. And I'll tell you, you can do it. If you feel stuck, if you have a horrible manager, you know, it's not fun. You can still build a boundary, no matter what level you are. If you're an executive admin, if you are just out of college, if you're still a student all the way to, if you are a CEO, like everybody can build a boundary. And I have a three-step process that I'll tell you about. Well, first of all, I don't want you to boil the ocean. So I want you to start with one thing, one thing. And so I know that through research I'm a big geek. And so (laughs) I'm going to pull out some psychology stuff (laughs) right now. But this idea of building a boundary first, the first step is to tie it to a value. Okay. So pick one value out of your list. And this is where kind of this idea of intrinsic motivation comes in. So this idea that you're going to keep this boundary because it's tied to something that's important to you, one of your core values. And I wrote an article for a magazine. And when the article came out, they had this really beautiful imagery that I I did not build. They built it. And I'll tell you about it right now. They had values as like yourself at the center and then boundaries kind of around it, holding those values in place. And so it's almost like giving your values a hug, protecting them. A lot of times when we think about boundaries, you think it's very hard and fast. It's this rule to wall. When really it is not, it's caring for your values for yourself, really, and holding those in place. And so if those are the things that are most important to you, start with one, the one that's the biggest gap, right? The one that's, you know, screaming in your ear, maybe it's more of that nudge. So pick one value. That's the first step. The second step is to understand a system. What is the system that you might need to put in place? So I'll use the example of my long commute before. So when I first had a baby, my husband and I knew parents. I lived an hour away from work. I would get home at 6 p.m. Baby goes to bed at seven. (laughs) You know, that's not a long time. 
an hour to be with that sweet, sweet guy. By the time I got home, it was late. I was tired, all the things. And so I wanted to be able to leave earlier, like to miss traffic, to spend more time. I wanted to leave work at 4.30, which was bananas at the time. Like that's bananas. Like it's a FaceTime culture, have to be there. I would, (laughs) this is what I would do, Kathy. I would get my stuff and I would walk out on the opposite wall of where all the executives would sit. So they wouldn't see me leave. I was almost like sneaking out, like not making eye contact, trying to get out of there as fast as I could. And I would do that every now and then in the days that I could, it was glorious. And I said, you know what? I need this new schedule. So I thought about all the reasons why my manager wouldn't let me do it. And I wrote them all down. (laughs) And guess what? None of those things were true. And it was a very positive conversation. He was very supportive. You know, here and there, I, I wasn't able to do it every single day, but more days than not, I was able to do it. And so I had to have a system. So what was the system? I had to put it in my calendar. I had to not schedule meetings. So in that, I like schedule busy out of office. I had to actually leave when I said I was going to leave. You know, I like that. The last 30 minutes of anything is like the best time to get everything done, cram it all in. I had to actually leave when I said I was going to leave. And it was more about me doing the thing that I said that I was going to do as opposed to me saying, oh, you know, I can't X, Y, Z, I have to leave to go to my family. It was just, this is my schedule. I have to do it. And so I had to set up that system. Manager also held me accountable. He would knock on my door and say, Hey, I thought you were supposed to be out of here by now. Mm -hmm. Right. So how do you set up a system for that boundary whatever you need? And then the third thing in the system to have a boundary successfully is to celebrate success. I don't know about you, but... I don't think we celebrate enough. We don't celebrate anything enough. We always go on to the next thing, go on to the next thing. So I want you to not just do the boundary. That's kind of fulfilling in itself, right? But I want you to celebrate success. So what are a list of things that, you know, could be like an extra treat for you? I have a list next to my desk. Like, what do I need today? So it might be a long walk. It could be you know, Starbucks, it could be, you know, 30 minutes of Netflix at night, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at the time that I built this boundary, it was, you know, I had a long commute either way. So it was getting a fun book on Audible that I can listen to on the way home or new music or something like that. And so what, how are you going to celebrate? Even if it's something small, how will you celebrate? Because we need that positive reinforcement of our boundaries. Cause it's hard. You mentioned it before. How do you have these conversations with people? You know, how do you say no? You do it, you have to do it consistently, and then you're going to celebrate yourself for these small wins. And then over time, you'll get better at these things. It's like building that muscle, right? It's actually forming a habit. Now I will tell you, I'm obsessed with boundaries. It's kind of fun for me to do it now, right? And so it gets better and it gets easier over time to not only build that boundary, but say yes to yourself more. Mm. I think what I love most about what you just talked about is the requirement that I commit to the boundary. I think It feels without creating a boundary yet, it feels like the hardest part is asking for the boundary. But knowing now what I know about the boundaries I've set, you know, having been a consultant for almost 10 years now, I've really leaned into 
what my boundaries are and how I like to work. And I still get people all the time saying things to me like, how do you do all the things that you do that I have a lot of things on my plate? I'm busy in a lot of ways, but I'm only able to do that because I know what my boundaries are and what I'm willing and not willing to do for a client, for a mentee, for an organization, for my own family. Just like you said, it's become a lot easier for me to enforce the boundary, but that is to me the hardest part. It feels like asking for it is the hardest part, but that's the easiest part because to your point, I think a lot of people are willing to work with you on your values and what's important to you if you can articulate it. But once you get past that, it's easy to slip into the, let me just do this this one time, or I'll do that this one time. And and that I think is the hardest, particularly I think when you are self-employed and you run your own company because there is no one else to rely on. If you are a solopreneur like we are, there is nobody else to push things off to. And so it's easy to start getting wrapped up in what is the work and being very clear about those intentions up front is so important because then there's nobody to blame. We can't say, oh, my boss is just always keeping me (laughs) late and they just keep giving me more work and they don't promote me. Like there's no more to say that, right? So both as an employee and as self-employed business owner, keeping yourself accountable is tough and extremely important. Probably the most important part of that, would you agree? At least in my experience. It is hard. And to your point, because you're the one doing it, like, and it's you and And you, like you said, there's nobody to blame when it doesn't happen, but you feel it, right? You know, oh, that was a poor decision, or I should have used my time differently, or I shouldn't have said yes, or I shouldn't have said no. And at the same time, it's all learning moments. And so I think a very important lesson that I've learned in all of this boundary work is to give myself grace, Mm -hmm. right? Because if I don't, then I'll just beat myself up. And then I'll waste even more time and I'll put myself in a position where I'm even less fulfilled. Like you said, it's hard because you are on your own, but it's also, there's a freedom to it as well, because you can set up boundaries that fulfill you to be best at kind of all aspects as a solopreneur, as that consultant, as the CEO as a mom, as a parent, whatever your gender, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I I feel like it's harder, but it's also sometimes more rewarding too. Yeah, absolutely. Being a solopreneur or in any way, having left the corporate world has been extremely fulfilling to me and freeing in a lot of ways. I'm glad I did it. I wouldn't have done it any other way. I'll never say never, but this feels like a permanent, a permanent place for me. And sounds like you also feel really happy with that, with your choices that you made. So that's good for us. This has been a fantastic conversation, but before we wrap it up, I would love for you to tell us how we can get in touch with you and how can we work with you if we think we need some, some more help. I'd love to connect with everybody on LinkedIn. You can find me there. You can find me on Instagram at The Catch Group. And then you can connect with all things kind of book-related stuff at thecatchgroup.com slash values first. And I'd love to talk to you about, you know, what resonates most with you. Shoot me a DM on LinkedIn or on Instagram. And I'd love to have that conversation. 
I also do individual coaching and group coaching, and we have a group coaching cohort coming up soon. So that's also available on my website too. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Laura. It's been great chatting. Lots of great value in this conversation. So I appreciate you. Thank you so much. 